0: it's Brandy Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey everyone, it's Brandy. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I absolutely enjoy bringing this awesome content to you. Look, beauty professionals, this show is for you. And I wanna make sure we can continue to bring our awesome guests and awesome information to help empower the beauty community all over the world. You can help by doing your part in making a small donation. You can check our link in the show notes and donate right on Anchor, or we'll have another link available for you to do so. Thank you so much for supporting. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you're sharing it as well. As always, stay great. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to share today's episode with you. I had a great conversation with Jamila Powell. She is an attorney and an entrepreneur, and she's also the owner of Maggie Rose Salon. So she's definitely a serial entrepreneur. And we just had a great conversation just talking about the beauty business and her salon and um, just, you know, talking about many different facets of businesses that she's in and has. So I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. Here's a little bit of Jamila's bio. Jamila Powell is a mother, attorney, and entrepreneur. Jamila enjoys sharing her steps to success and her vision for the future. She is the founder of Maggie Rose Salon, one of the top texture salons in the country. She was born in Columbus, Ohio, and raised in Elliott City, Maryland. Jamila earned a Bachelor's of Science in International Business, Business Logistics, from the Pennsylvania State University. She returned to pursue her career in law. Jamila graduated from George Washington University in Washington, D.C. with her Juris Doctor's Law degree in 2004. After becoming a mom, she decided to open a salon and encourage people to embrace their beauty on the inside out. Her continual passion for entrepreneurship has allowed the business to grow and flourish. Jamila's goal is to open several Maggie Rose salons around the world to cater to men and women with all types of textured hair. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview, and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandy Taylor, and we have an awesome guest today, Jamila Powell. Welcome, Jamila. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being on. So, Jamila, t- tell us something
1: about yourself that most people would not know well i always say that um i think the one thing i would say is like most well i think most people know that i'm nice so i'd say the one thing that i had to find out about myself even is that i'm not afraid of confrontation (laughs) now that's interesting (laughs) Yes. And I think that like, before I used to tell people like, I'm not confrontational. I don't, you know, and then I had to realize, you know, being able confrontation, you know, means the ability to confront and there's nothing wrong with speaking your mind and confronting issues that don't sit well with you. So I've learned this year that I'm actually not afraid of confrontation. And that's the one thing I think people don't know about me. That's interesting.
0: So do they, people, tend to take you as a little quiet or something like that? Is that
1: what it is? More, I'd say more bubbly and nicer, easier, um, easy to get along with. Yeah. Okay.
0: So they wouldn't (laughs) expect, like, so if they say the wrong
1: thing, don't, don't, don't you dare. (laughs) Right. Well, I'm not afraid to express my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Just that. Oh, well, thanks for sharing
0: that, Jabila. So, Jameena, tell us um, a little bit about your background and how you got started in your business.
1: Well, so a little bit about me. I was born in Columbus, Ohio, but I was raised in Columbia, Maryland. Um, I went to undergrad at Pennsylvania State University. Um, I majored in international business logistics and I minored in Chinese. I did a year abroad in Beijing, which I absolutely loved. And then I rounded out my studies at George Washington University. Um, I rounded out my studies there where I got my Juris Doctorate. And then I moved to sunny South Florida, where I started practicing law. Um, I've always been social by nature. So when I started, I think this was like my third job in my legal career, which is with the federal government. I had some co-workers and we started a company called Social Esquire. And that was the first dipping of my toe in the entrepreneurial waters. And um, we put on events for young professionals in the South Florida area. And when I had my daughter, her name is Magnolia Rose. She's eight now. Um, I decided that I wanted to have another stream of income to provide a lifestyle for her that, you know, I wanted to give her. And um, I decided to start a beauty salon. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know. <laughs> But I decided that's what I wanted to do. And it was Memorial Day weekend. I was like, I'm going to look into starting a salon. And by August, I had a salon. So that's how I found my way into the beauty industry, was just a desire to, to give, give a better life to my daughter. And then I eventually ended up naming the salon after her Maggie Rose. Awesome. I love her name
0: too, Magnolia. I think
1: yeah, and actually, she- her name is Magnolia Rose. I just shortened it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love, I love that magnolia rose. I think that's beautiful. Cool. Well, that's interesting. So you were you are you're a lawyer, <laughs> so a, right surprise. Yeah.
1: I'm right. a lawyer. So you're yeah. a lawyer,
0: yeah. and yeah. so lawyers make pretty good money. And so when you so I'm just interested. Like you have your <laughs> you had you had your daughter, and you decided to open a salon. Like had you always been interested in the beauty industry? Is this something you thought about, maybe put it on the back burner, and you went to law school, and then later you decided you can do
1: it? Well, actually, it's funny you say that. So when I went to law school my first year, I wanted to be a nail tech, too, and I actually went to the cosmetology school to learn about the nail program, but then I decided to stick with being a lawyer because I had already committed to it, and you know, my dad's always like see everything through. And, um, I didn't go through with the nail tech route, but I ended up finishing with my law degree. Um, I, I I don't call myself, like, I'm not super fancy. Like I'm the worst, like you're going to see me probably in the same three outfits every week. Like that's the type of person I am like getting me a makeup. I have like a five minute face. If I can't do my face in five minutes, it's not happening, you know, but I do like to change my hair a lot and you will catch me in a different hairstyle, literally like Every two to three weeks, and so I think I've always had a love for changing things up, and I think that's why it lent itself um, to the beauty industry. And I also love the idea of building something and making it successful.
0: Yes, I, I can see that for sure. So tell us what your entrepreneurial journey has been like now that you've um, opened up a salon. Have you are you still practicing law as well, or have you? Um just, are you solely just into your uh,
1: salon business now? I still practice law. I'm still a full time attorney and I still run my salon. Um, I also have a candle business. I actually had to put it on pause for COVID, but it was called Get Lit Candle Bar and it was a sip and candle making concept. And we had a location in South Florida too. Um, it's been adventurous. You know, I'd say entrepreneurship is a roller coaster, it's a lot of ups, it's a lot of downs. But the beauty is, is that you get to the point where you feel like you can figure everything out. And I think that's the, the beauty of entrepreneurship is, and you know, you're, you're settled and you're well with it when anything happens and you know, you can overcome it and you can solve the problem. Mm
0: -hmm. So tell us what type of salon is Maggie Rose? Like predominantly what services does your stylist offer?
1: We specialize in texture. Our main services are cutting curls and shaping the hair and also coloring curls. I'd say, and honestly, providing just healthy hair services. I mean, our main goal above and beyond the cutting and the coloring or even the styling is just teaching people how to love their curls and how to take care of them.
0: That's great. So is it like a commission-based salon or is it a booth rent? It's commission great great now uh what made you decide your uh, current structure
1: well basically i always have been commissioned um i did try at one point many moons ago to do uh like a mix of commission and booth rental but ultimately i feel like if you build a brand um booth rental is it suits some people, but it can be difficult because you cap out your earning potential. But I feel like if you're successful and building a brand, you can only grow with commission. So really it's a numbers game. It's just figuring out what you want to make and, you know, what everybody needs to be grossing and bringing home in order to make the business financially successful.
0: Now, how is it set up for your stylist? The Is there products that they can make commission on as well? Like what is your structure like?
1: So I like to do what's called a sliding scale commission. So basically um, there are different levels because people come in at different skill sets. So I do charge different price points for different um, stylists who have more or less experience, but in general I do what's a sliding scale. So basically if you make between a certain amount of money, you get a certain percentage and that's even across the board that way really what you bring home is up to you so if you fall in between that that um that band that's what you bring home you know if you fall in the next band that's what you bring home so really it it gives everybody the ability to you know hustle as hard as they want to and bring in what and bring in the amount of money they need to bring in to take home their ultimate goal
0: great great so how has you know your attorney hat helped you as a salon owner
1: honestly I think I'm I've had to learn a lot about putting things to paper I'm not a very like I say I'm a Sagittarius to the bone like being detail-oriented is something I just struggle with in general I'm not like a detail person I'm like an idea person but you know writing things down and being detail-oriented isn't really um my strong suit I think that when you go to law school and you're a lawyer, it teaches you to think different and, and analyze things more. So I do think it's helped me in, in the scope of being able to think bigger and broader. And if I need to use my degree, I'm able to read a contract and do it, but- I also don't have a problem outsourcing because that's even the thing with being a lawyer. It's just like being a doctor or anything else. Most lawyers specialize in a certain area. So I always like to outsource to people who have a specialty in like contracts or certain areas.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. And um, I think, you know, any business owner should learn how to outsource for
1: sure and uh, and hire I, 100%. Um, I agree with that 100%. Yes. I had to learn that this year. That was one of the biggest things I had to learn this year is that you can, you, um, you can't, you don't want to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. And so I've really learned about outsourcing this year for my own mental sanity.
0: Definitely. Definitely. So do you have any plans to like franchise your salon? Like Maggie Rose, like you will see it popping up in other States, other cities. What are what is your growth plan for
1: it? My goal is to open about four or five small boutique-style Maggie Rose salons throughout the world. Um, hopefully next year I'm able to um, go into the Atlanta market. I would love to go into Atlanta and cut curls. We popped up there a couple times and had some success. So I think that Atlanta is a huge market. Um, I don't know why I'm just stuck on South Africa. Like South Africa is something that like I'm just really want to go. I really feel like there's a market in South Africa. Um, I'm eyeing Toronto. I think Canada is a great market. So those are some of the places, but I don't, honestly, Maggie Rose is like my baby and I take everything that we do here so serious, like customer service, the work that's put out. I don't think I could ever franchise it just because I don't, if it's too many people out there, I'm not gonna be able to pay attention to the detail. And I think with curls and texture, detail is just like critically important. Um, I am in the process of launching my own hair care brand called Naturally Drenched. And that will, of course, be worldwide and available everywhere online. And, you know, I'm also looking to get into retailers at the same time, too.
0: Well, wow. so you're quite the serial entrepreneur. I mean, you're an attorney, you own a salon, um, you're
1: coming out with the I, hair care line. I know, making candles, like, <laughs> making come candles. on, let's do it. <laughs> How do you balance it all? You know, I just get it done that's the only thing I can say. I mean, sometimes it's definitely difficult. My mind is always going like racing like a hundred miles a minute, especially with this product launch. I mean, there's just so much to take into consideration that I never even thought about it, but I love it. Like I just get it done. I try to be a good steward of my time and not, I try not to let a moment go by where I'm not doing something of um, benefit and then I make time not to do anything of benefit I I'll admit it I love TV I love Netflix I love Amer- Amazon Prime so I'm a big TV person so I definitely make time to watch my shows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> great great yeah I am too I find I don't watch much TV but my relaxed time I love to watch a good movie for sure yes. Find you know a new series or something on Netflix with my husband for sure, so I would agree with you there. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, I know you have a strong, um, you know, interest in the community of you know natural hair and 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 just educating uh beauty professionals as I do, and so I kind of wanted to touch on some of those things because. Um, The reason why I started my business, what I want to share with you, is because I saw that this is a multi-million dollar, billion dollar industry. And there's so many talented people that look like me in this industry, but I felt like we weren't being served in this industry. And we also, you know, weren't tapping into this multi-billion dollar in yeah. the way we could be. And that's the reason why I do what I do. So I wanted to kind of talk to you about that because as we know, cosmetology school to this day, even though as many of us African-American people, women of color that do hair and that are licensed and everything, to this day, the state board test isn't even, and even, you know, cosmetology itself isn't even geared towards us. They touch right. on texture hair, like an afterthought. Like it's really quick. It's a quick little verb. And it's like everyone has the same type of texture hair. And they really don't even share with right. with the stylist exactly how to style it. So honestly, if you went to beauty school and you and you're and you're African American, you want to learn how to do our hair, you're not going to learn how to do our hair in beauty school. You wouldn't learn exactly how to do you know texture hair in cosmetology school. It's not it's not taught. Like they they touch on it. But you're not going in depth. So all of the many things that we do with our hair, it's not taught in cosmetology school. And right. so I want you to kind of touch on that because I know you have a strong feeling about that.
1: Right. Um. I think that, you know, even when I bring in stylists into the salon, you know, it's just the the – even talking about cosmetology school, it just goes, I mean, there's just not an emphasis on texture or people of color in general, period. And so the thing with cosmetology school is that it's, it's, even when I bring stylists into the salon, I start everybody, unless they have experience with texture, I start everybody as an assistant. Because most stylists, regardless if they're black, white, whatever, they don't even really know how to anything about textured hair. So it's a learning process. Um, there's a lot of emphasis on in cosmetology schools. It's a money making business. Let's just put that out there. It's it's for making money. And oftentimes, it's seen as prestige to go into what they consider high end salons that aren't run by people of color. And so in a sense, it diminishes um the value that people have for salons that are run for texture or by people of color, because a lot of times it's not being pushed at the schools and they're not learning it. And it's not seen as a money-making area. So a lot of times it's more so um, color blow dries. We do color too. And so at the end of the day, I've really had to work hard to build the brand in a sense. I hate to say it so that it's respected in in these schools, because you can't run a salon without talent, and when you want talent, you want the best of the best, just like any other salon.
0: Yes, yes, I would agree. Um, why do you think they still don't teach texture here to this day? Like the way to state boards, the way to, the cosmetology school is set up for you to pass the state boards, and the way right. state boards is, it's not really required for you to really understand texture hair. And I think there needs to be a shift because um, too often we're forced to learn how to do all textures of hair. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. we have to learn how to do everything. Yes. Even with makeup, I find, we have to know how to do every skin color. But right. h- how many times have you seen where, I've, ha- I've gotten jobs just because I knew how to do everybody. But, you know, they may have had a Caucasian artist on set who couldn't do black people. So, you know what I'm saying? So they would call somebody like me in because they're like, okay, can you do black makeup? Because we need somebody can do that. And so still to this day is that way. And it's like that
1: across the board.
0: So it is it makes it um, definitely an uneven playing field for sure.
1: No, it definitely makes it an uneven playing field. And I always say this just provide the education because at the end of the day, not everybody can be great at everything. You know, there's certain things across the board between all, everybody in the beauty industry that they specialize in whether it be you specialize in brows um you know microblading ombre shading or with hair you specialize in color you may specialize in shortcuts you may specialize in you know cutting hair coloring hair or a certain type of balayage and all these things even with makeup you know there's certain things across the board in the beauty industry that people decide to specialize in but at the very minimum provide education and the opportunity across the board for everybody to get to know a little bit about all textures instead of focusing on one. If you come in my salon, my stylist can touch any texture from the straightest to the straightest to the the tightest coil. It doesn't matter. They can do a blowout on on super straight hair or they can do a silk press or they can do, you know, cut curls and they know how to color anybody's curls or they can do use those same principles to color somebody's hair that's straight, you know. And so it's just being provided the opportunity to learn. Don't devalue texture and what we have and, you know, the importance of it.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it should just be, you know, like you said, we should be taught all textures. I think everyone should be taught all textures in that way, at least have a grasp of how to deal with it. And you may not specialize in that particular texture, but, you know, it should be a more even playing field for sure.
1: Right. Now, what I are you agree.
0: doing in your salon first education? Like, do you offer any extended education classes? What do you offer there?
1: Education is key and I mean I had to learn that over time you have got educating your stylist is 100% should be a part of what you do as a salon owner um I try to do education at least once or twice a week so like this week we have a cutting class next month we have a coloring class after that in December we have a class on grays so you have to educate your stylist I mean you can't The thing is, is that when, as I don't even like the word owner boss, like I hate, I hate that word, you know, because I really feel like I can't succeed without them. You know, I can't succeed without my team. They're who makes, they give me the ability to grow, you know, as a business. And so I actually like to think about it as I work for them in a sense, and how can I Push not push them, but how can I make their dreams move forward too? And I think anytime you run a business, people aren't going to stay if they feel like they're not growing, and people aren't growing if they're not learning. So I make education principal in anything that I do.
0: Yeah, I think that is absolutely great, and uh, more someone should do that for sure. Definitely. Especially, yeah, you know, just giving giving the stylists the opportunity to grow and to advance their skills, you know. Um, I think oftentimes I see where stylists don't get any extra training and then they end up getting stuck, you know.
1: Yes. And they wonder why they can't make any more money, why they have, haven't been able to grow their clientele. Because you're not evolving. Mm-hmm. And I will say this too. I think it it's important for every salon owner but also stylist to take it upon themselves to get education outside of the salon also. You know, you're only going to be as strong as – you know, your investment in yourself.
0: Yes, I would absolutely agree with that. So tell us, what has been the biggest lesson you've learned as an entrepreneur?
1: The biggest lesson I've learned is that the responsibility of my vision belongs with me. And where, what I wanted to do in the beginning is where I need to set sail and stay on course. (laughs) hmm now how do you do that I just you know I've gone so off from here to there and you know you start with one idea and then oh but that's a great idea and so this especially this year I've learned to stick with my original vision which was to open the boutique salons focus on education and to focus on my product line those are my three pillars and that's what I'm sticking with Great, great.
0: I think that's some definitely um, a good thing to stick with because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we can get all over the place. And yeah. then you I, I, I've done it myself, lose sight of why you originally started in the first place because you're trying to do this and you're trying to do that. And sometimes even in the beauty industry, I think we see so many different things that we think we need to be doing well maybe i need to do this or maybe i should add that and, and no sometimes it's best to just stick to the original plan so I, I i think that is some great advice
1: for sure thank you
0: so what advice would you give someone looking um to start out in the beauty industry or maybe they're looking to open a salon or maybe they're like you they they're in a corporate career and they want to open a salon or right something like that i
1: would say do your research Um, If you can find a mentor, find somebody who's already in the industry for you to talk to. And I would definitely say do a budget because I I think a lot, especially with the beauty industry, the salon industry is not understanding for me, for sure, understanding the overhead and really the profit margin that salons bring in. Not to say I wouldn't do it again, but it is an extreme amount of work. The overhead is high. And you really have to know what the numbers are and be realistic about um, the profit. Now,
0: what are some misconceptions that you think people have about the beauty industry?
1: Um, I think the one misconception is that it's not like any other business. Just because it's beauty doesn't mean that it's not a Fortune 500 business or a a billion dollar business. It is that in fact. And so the same things that, you know, we run into in the per se corporate world are going to be the same things that we run into in the the business world it's a service-based industry Um, i'm not going to say it's cutthroat but there's a lot of competition Um, customer service is key so you better bring it (laughs) it's all about the customer's experience and you know it's a competitive it's extremely competitive industry
0: I would, I would absolutely agree with that. So what's the best and the worst advice
1: you've received as a business owner? The best advice I've received as a business owner, um, look at your numbers. That's the best advice I've ever received is to look at your numbers. Um, look at your numbers and not only look at them, but understand them. Look and understand, um, And I, I, even for me, I've hired a bookkeeper and I have an accountant because you have to be able at the end of the month or even on a daily basis, look at your numbers and analyze them and see if you're having a good day, a bad day, what your average ticket sale is. You know, just understand, like, if you're making money. Um, The worst advice I've gotten is that there's no money in beauty. There's no money in hair. Wow! Who said that? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm just wondering.
0: You don't have to name. I'm just saying in general, like who who says that, right? Like we know that is not. <laughs> it is not true. At true. All. That is not true at all. And I think I think actually, even with us, if like if if it's done right, there's more potential because if you think of our hair, it does require a bit more maintenance. It does. It
1: it, it mm-hmm. requires maintenance. It. It requires maintenance. It requires know-how. I mean, i I like, I'm not going to say I'm on a gel campaign, but we use like, we have so many different gels and products because it's just like, uh, one head of hair can have so many different textures. You really have, texture is something you really have to understand and know. So, I mean, it's definitely, I, I, it's a booming business for sure. For sure. Because...
0: I know I have to keep my hair done. So. <laughs> so definitely. Uh but it is a very blooming business and it could be very lucrative for you and um and you can have a successful business. You you just have to operate it as a business. Like you say, you need to know your numbers. You need to hire a CPA, an accountant, and things like that. You need to have a team of people who help you, you know with the important things that helps you to operate in business. Right. And so that's the reason why I really do what I do is because I want to not only, you know, make sure that we're knowledgeable on the, on the skill side, but we are knowledgeable on the business side of the beauty industry, understanding how to operate our, and run our business correctly. So I bring people on like you who have great businesses to talk about these awesome things. So yeah, I definitely would agree with that. So uh, what are you excited about right now? Like what's going, is there anything you have coming up? What are you excited about?
1: I'm definitely excited about launching my first product, um, which is called Rebalance with Naturally Drenched. I am super pumped about that. <laughs> oh, so is it going to come out this year? Listen, I'm praying. Like I'm honestly praying. I mean, you know, it's definitely been a labor of love, just like anything. And, you know, so I'm in the process of getting um, my packaging printed. I'm using aluminum bottles. I'm really making a push for, um, I didn't want to add more plastic to the environment. So I'm, you know, going an eco-friendly route with aluminum packaging, which is um, infinitely recyclable. Um, You know, just I put a lot of love into the actual product. I worked with an amazing chemist to formulate it and just to provide something that isn't just more junk in a jar. That's what I like, like to say, like I put a lot of um, it's got bamboo, papaya, mango. It's just got a lot of great um, ingredients inside the product. And so I'm taking my time and because I have the benefit of knowing what really, 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 really works. I'm not speculating over here. Like, I know what really works on textured hair. I have the benefit of, I believe, coming up with something that's truly unique and special for textured hair.
0: Great. Well, congratulations on that. It's always great, you you know, um, to add to your multiple streams of income for sure. And um, (laughs) And I think, you know, especially, you know, having a product coming from someone who, like you say, knows what type of ingredients work well for textured hair. So I think that's awesome for sure. So, um, tell us, how do you stay motivated? Like you're a mom, you're an attorney, you have, you know, a serial entrepreneur. How do you stay motivated during all this?
1: I just, you know, to me, it's all about personal happiness. And I think that's just being in a good space always motivates me. I I mean, even when I wasn't in a great space, I was motivated. It's just, it's passion. I mean, that's the only way I can put it. It's like, I tell people, you know, if you're able to find your passion, something that, allows you to get up and stays on your mind and work hard for it without even worrying about the bottom dollar. Like if I get paid, I get paid, but I know I'm onto something. It's just, that's what motivates me is the passion and the, and the desire for success. And, you know, I'm not sure if I'll ever be satisfied. I mean, that, that is a scary thing, but I'm definitely will say that, you know, passion is what keeps me passion, keeps me in purpose and moving forward. What do you think has
0: contributed to your uh, success thus far?
1: I think just being teachable and open to learning. And my mom always tells me that. She's like, you have to be teachable. You should always want to learn something from somebody. And so just the ability to like listen, even, you know, with my team, you know, I, I, I want to hear what they have to say. I want to hear what my clients have to say. I want everybody to be honest with me and tell me because I can't grow without feedback and without learning, you know, what other people may think. So really just being teachable and open, you know, to other people's viewpoints has helped me out a lot. How do you define success? I define success as personal happiness. And so that's one thing I had to learn is that anything I do has to fit in the realm of making me happy. And so, and that's in anything that's in, you know, my business relationships, um, people that, you know, I have in the salon that I work with, even down to clients. Like I am all about not being stressed out and personal happiness. I like to be happy. (laughs) And if anything takes away from that, I don't want to be a part of it. I would agree with that for sure.
0: (laughs) So what's either your favorite book or book you're currently reading right now?
1: Don't judge me. I don't, I haven't read since I don't read. (laughs) I am like, I love TV. I'm not even going to lie. Like I'm big on, you know, I do like a lot of Instagram looking on there. I like to do a lot of research on the internet. Like when an idea pops up. But I feel like law school ruined me and I just don't read anymore. I want to get back to it, but I just don't. I haven't. Now, if you're my your favorite life? show on Netflix, I could probably tell you that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what is your favorite affirmation or motivational quote?
1: So the one I love the most is, you're not a tree, you can move. I love that.
0: That's a good word. Good word. Yeah. Would you be able to tell everybody how they can find you online and connect with you?
1: You can find me at www.maggierosesalon.com. You can follow the salon on Instagram at Maggie Rose Salon, and you can also follow my new brand that's launching hopefully this year at on Instagram at Naturally Drenched. Awesome! Thank you
0: so much, Jamila call Everybody, make sure you follow her and check her out. As always, stay great, and we're out. Bye thanks for tuning in to the business beauty network podcast please subscribe and support our podcast please share it share it with your friends and family also connect with us we want to hear from you leave us comments let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast also email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com you can also connect with me on Instagram at Taylor and at Exquisite Looks. we on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at ExquisiteLooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.